What is going on? This is the first podcast back uh, in since whenever the last time I was back was. Who knows? Who cares? Let me adjust the gain a little bit. Beep, bop, boop, boop. Is that better? Is that better? Man, it's good to be podcasting again. Our hella confusing 20s. I'm back in the Bay Area. Uh, I miss my baby so much. But you know what? That fresh, that fresh uh, mountain air. It's not mountains. That fresh bay. <laughs> it's like hills. That fresh hill air uh, nourishes the lungs. Do you can see the stain? I got a stain right there. Just ignore that. <laughs> I was drinking some water, staying hydrated, being healthy, and it a little bit dribbled. A little bit dribbled, as it does sometimes. Uh, but I'm back in the bay, and you know what? The most pressing thing I think I need to talk about that I absolutely need to talk about is that new Bieber album though. Changes? Changes? Yo, if y'all ain't messing with changes, I ain't messing with you, all right? Whatchamacallit, I, I honestly, I've been obsessed with the album. I cannot stop listening to the album. I feel like the mustachioed, loved up Justin Bieber is my fucking spirit animal. Like if I was a tenor and I had all those musical resources and all that stuff, I would I would have made changes, okay? I listened to something. Oh my god, did I did the ideal version of myself make this album, or did Justin Bieber make this album? You know when I started listening to the album. You know when I was like, I am sold on this album. When there's like a oh, I forget the song. I think Come Around Me, and he just he goes he goes Let's get it in expeditiously. I was like, what? I was like, I'm sorry. Pardon me. Did I just hear the greatest lyric? of all time. Let's get it in. Expeditiously. <laughs> I could imagine like he's like in the writing room and Justin is like writing. He's like, let's get it in immediately. Let's get it in right away. And like one of his partners, one of his like the older people who's there to like supervise him was like, hold on, hold on, Justin. <laughs> I know what you want to say and I, I get it. Here's a thesaurus. Just have a look around there and uh, see what see what comes up. And then, like, five minutes, I was like, he's like, oh, yo, I got it. Expeditiously. <laughs> Let me just Google that. Let's Google expeditiously, right? Just so we're all on the same page of what is he. So dictionary.com, it's an adverb with speed and efficiency. And if, so he wants to get it in. Does that mean, like, you, you want to get to it speedily or you want to get through it speedily? Because if you want to get through it speedily... Maybe I'm not as big a fan of the line anymore. Oh no, maybe I shouldn't have looked it up. I shouldn't have looked it up. But efficiency is good. Because it's like all the good parts that you want to get in there, you're making sure you get it in. You know what I mean? It's just like, ooh, you're having a good time? Some ooing, some eyeing, some pleasure, and then you're out. Psst, expeditiously. Good for you, Justin. I think that's a, that's a good thing to shoot for. You know, if you, if we hang out any time in the next... Let's just say six months. Let's just have a blanket term, six months. And you're like, you're driving, which makes no sense because why would you be driving? But let's just, we're going on a thought experiment here. Just go with it. You're driving. I decided I'm going to let you drive. This is not Jeremy we're talking about. This is imaginary Jeremy. And you ask me, because you're a polite, courteous host, you say, hey, Jeremy, what do you want to listen to in the whip? There's only one answer. The answer will be changes. Have it on as soon as I get in the car. When I leave the car, you can change it if you want. But why would you want to? 
when your ears, your ears, the waves in the air around you have such a beautiful gift from Justin Bieber, why would you want to deprive yourself of accepting that gift constantly for the next six months? Possibly longer. <laughs> What's your ETA? What's your ETA? Distance only made us grow fonder. <laughs> I actually was like, because I've been going for daily runs too, and it's been great. I feel, look how slim I am, baby. If you know me, you know I used to be a fat boy. Tabachoy, tabachoy boy. Uh, but anyway, I've been going on runs, and one of these thoughts I had when I was listening to the album to fuel the energy of my run, I was thinking, you know what? Justin Bieber is the Frank Sinatra of our time. And people might be like, what are you talking about, Jeremy? Justin Bieber is not the Frank Sinatra of our time. If anything, it will be Michael Bublé. Hold your horses. You can't even afford horses because you're too poor. But if you did have horses, I would tell you to hold them because you know what? We're not talking about style here. We're not talking about, oh, who's doing crooning and big band kind of music. Sure, Michael Bublé is, is doing the kind of singing in the vein of Frank Sinatra. But what I'm talking about here is at the time, that music wasn't crooning big band. I mean, it was. But that was like the pop music of the time. That's like what was the shit at that time. What the people wanted to hear. All the girls wanted to bone Frank Sinatra. He had a bad boy penchant. He would stay up drinking all night with his friends. If people tried to go off sleeping, he would like set off firecrackers outside their door in the hotel room. Uh, he notoriously, you know, caused a lot of public damage to uh, the street. I don't know if it was L.A. It's like the streets with uh, Ava Gardner in the throes of passion. You know, just a lot of crazy, young, reckless stuff. And people like want to hate on it. Like, oh, that's so selfish. That's so inconsiderate. Yeah, but that's cool. <laughs> people have been selfish and inconsiderate like for like that's like that's like the shit we love to consume and we love to criticize and we love to hate on but like secretly we love to love that stuff you know what I mean and maybe people have their opinions about the kind of person who does that thing but at the end of the day you talk about it it's in the news it fuels our entertainment you know that's like the, that's the nature of these figures in the fame sphere you know and if what I just told you didn't convince you to my side that Frank Sinatra, I mean that Justin Bieber is today's Frank Sinatra, then you're beyond. Well, I'm sorry, I'm burping. I had a protein shake and an apple. We out here living healthy. We out here having burps. Um, if you uh, if you haven't been convinced, you know I feel I feel sorry for you. I feel sorry for you, my friend. <laughs> But you know, it is, it's interesting being back home, you know, I think as it always is, like after, you know, being in Australia for like, what, 14 months, you know, and obviously I'm just here temporarily, then I'm going abroad again. Uh, but it's always, I think, interesting when you go out and you kind of get context of the world, you meet people, you have experiences, you just expand your worldview, and then you come back and, you know, spend time with your family again hopefully have something more to contribute to them and you can just kind of enjoy their presence and uh you know but the tough thing about being with family is like I've like developed like a certain routine like I wanna 
you know, oh, I'm going to like meditate, gratitude, affirmations. I want to podcast. I want to write. I want to go film. I want to do all these things. But of course, naturally, like, you know, there, there's certain responsibilities of the home that, you know, you should, you know, help take care of. Like I try to help out with laundry, doing dishes, just doing errands. And, you know, things pop up that you weren't expecting that kind of, you know, throw a little wrench in the cogs. And you're like, okay, well, I was going to go do this, but I guess I'll go try to do this now. And like, how do you find that balance of like not getting too, too caught up in it and too swept up in it where you're just being, you're just kind of regressing, you know, and you're not able to, you know, progress in the things that are important to you, you know, that you want. Like, oh, do I go to the library and piss off for like a few hours? But at the same time, I also need to put a certain amount of hours per day to work. But since I am like, I'm like here for two weeks and on a vacation and like, you know, another several weeks, another vacation. Like it's like a, I'm not really in a position where I would, I'd be able to like get like a regular job. And so what am I doing again? I'm back in the Uber, you know, (laughs) I'm back in the Uber. I'm back in the Uber and it's chill. You know what I mean? Like I wish I didn't have to do it. I wish I could just make videos like this and just go make sketches. Like I have like, I did like a fun little, I think it's fun, a little skit that I made that I think is pretty funny that I'll be putting out and like hopefully people enjoy that. And like, of course I wish I could just, you know, make that kind of stuff day in, day out and have enough money to sustain. Um, But not right now I can't. You know what I mean? Right now, I cannot do that. I haven't worked hard and set up the systems and built the, dug the deep well to be able to do that. But there was a cool conversation I was having, which is honestly, that's the best thing about Ubering is you just, you have a bunch of dope conversations. Like I freaking, there was a dude I met who was visiting from Michigan and he was like interviewing for like supply chain logistic shit for Walmart and a homeboy. Um, We had like a good talk and like he like watches Tom Billy and shit too. I gave him, like, the podcast, so maybe he'll fucking see this and listen to this. Who knows, you know? Or maybe he'll be like, this guy's fucking stupid. I don't want to fucking fuck this guy's shit. I don't care about this guy. That's also possible. But we had a cool conversation in the car, and, like, the variety of people that you meet, I think, is, you know, the biggest, perhaps the only perk (laughs) besides flexibility for Uber. But there was another homeboy. Uh, I gave a ride just, like, just in Fremont. And I was bringing him to pick up his car at Auto Mall, and he's he's a, he was he's black, um, but he was initially born in a small town in West Africa, but then when he was six years old, moved to Paris and was raised there, and then came here for school. Now homeboy works at Tesla, and he was a saying, and this is something I've noticed myself and I've perceived. It's like so many people and so many Americans have such a small worldview. Like, forget traveling the world. There's people who haven't, like, left their states or left their areas or maybe have done so very minimally. And just, like, the culture that they understand is so very single-dimensional, you know? And, like, they know this is a way of life. This is how people are. This is how I understand people to be. This is how I understand people to be. And, of course, being an American, too, and, you know, having traveled abroad... The reputation for Americans is very arrogant because, you know, a lot of Americans just go around and I guess maybe what they see in the media thinking like, oh, America's the greatest. America's the best. 
America, all this, you know, and something the dude in the car said, uh, oh, his name is Malcolm. There we go. Malcolm, I remember you, bruh. Uh, something Malcolm said is like, a lot of Americans don't realize that all these people in all these other countries, they don't give a fuck. Like, they don't give a shit. They have their own stuff going on, you know? And it's and it's true. And, you know, and America is so vast. It's easy to get lost in the sauce, man. It's easy to get lost in that USA smoky barbecue sauce and just kind of go go on without expanding your horizons and realizing there are completely different ways to live like the struggles that we have to deal with in america like how bad health care is right now how bad the student loan crisis is right now your boy is over 200k in debt i'm gonna make content about that um it's just it's it's so easy to think that oh this is all the way it is and the struggle and the hardship and how far richer the rich are and how much poorer the poor are getting you know and like our generation where a lot of us we have ideals of wanting to be happy and wanting to do work that is fulfilling and that utilizes our strengths and our skills in the best possible way to make us feel like we are giving the most meaningful contribution to society that we can in a way that fills us with purpose and joy, a lot to a lot of our parents are like, "What the hell are you talking about? What do you mean you want to do all the checklists and be, be, feel contentment?" And like to their mindset is like, "You just work hard. You like break your back. Work sucks. You don't want to do your work, and you continue like that for decades to take care of your family." And that's like what the thought, like the prevailing thought patterns are. You know, and I have deep respect for that because that is so the amount of self you sacrifice in in pursuing that kind of lifestyle is is so admirable, you know, but I feel like for us, we we want more than that, you know, and like I think it can be seen as very selfish, like look at you, you're so selfish, you just care about this, but I think it can be done in a way where it's not selfish because you are benefiting your family, your friends, your loved ones, whatever your community. You're you're truly giving so much value to so many people by doing that thing that makes you feel alive, that sets you on fire, that gets you excited to wake up in the morning and go out and do it. You know, and I think if every single person was doing that thing, it wouldn't be selfish because the benefit spreading outward would be immense. You know, I often think, you know, this thought, maybe I've said it in the podcast before, I don't recall, but I, I have this thought that, you know, there's certain people like, uh, or like, uh, you know, maybe even a lot of people, the tendency of people, the thing you know in your heart you really want to do that really gets you excited to get up and go, and perhaps you're afraid to full out pursue that. And, and so you go do something else, you know, and... You become successful in that thing, you're making it work, whatever, but you're not happy. And there's another person somewhere in the world who really, their dream is to do the thing that you are currently doing. But they were too afraid to go for it. The stakes were too high. They didn't think they deserved to be happy and to do what they actually wanted to do. So they went in another path and they're, and they're not happy in what they're doing. But that thing they're doing that's making them unhappy was your initial dream. So it's like, yo, if you guys just switched your professions, your careers, your jobs, you'd both be so fulfilled. You'd both be so happy. But because you guys 
felt guilty about doing what made you happy, about pursuing your dreams, now the world's all fucked up and everybody's doing the wrong thing, you know? And I feel like that sometimes when I see people in the street and I'm like, what are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing? And nobody seems happy. And a lot of people seem like they're stuck into their crap. And they feel trapped. And, uh, yeah, you know, so maybe we can get the world moving more in that direction, you know? Uh, if we just did all these switcheroonies, switcheronies, people pursuing those dreams and everybody would be, you know, doing things that they feel more fulfilled doing, more passionate about, and we'd still be having a lot of success as a country because all the jobs would still be getting done. And don't worry, you guys, because automation is coming who knows how many decades and a lot of these jobs won't even be on the market. So you won't be able to pursue things you don't want to do. Uh, you're going to have to just pursue the things that really make you happy. <laughs> There's the upside to all the jobs going away. Also, speaking of automation, I was reading that the most populous jobs in America for men, it is truck driving. For women, it is being a cashier. I had no idea about that. I had no idea about that. And they're just saying those are two of the jobs that, you know, automation, it looks like they're on their way to nixing. You know, they're trying to get self-driving trucks, 18-wheelers to transport all of our goods across the country. Uh, obviously, self-checkout stands are already there and things are working in progress. You know, the efficiency of that and just being able to, uh, I don't know, not have, oh, but it needs assistance every five seconds. You know what I mean? I feel like that's what it is right now. It's like, oh, wow, these checkout stands are going to be so convenient. We're about to hit that up and be like, okay, cool, 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 cool. I'm going to scan my groceries. I'm going to get out of here. Sure enough, what happens? You scan three things. It starts beeping. Oh, error, error, needs assistance. Please see cashier or sir, whatever. And you're like, stand there for like uh, too long because they're helping somebody else. And they're like, oh, let me just enter my code. Oh, Okay, there you go. You scan three more items. The person rushes over and they help you out. It's like, oh, what seems to be the problem? Oh, blah, 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 blah. I don't know. There's the error code. Oh, or sometimes they don't say anything and they see the error code and they know what the error is and they go, blip, 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 blip. Oh, let me scan my thing. Let me punch in the code. Or sometimes they'll pull out a receipt and like they have like a number written on the back of a receipt and they enter the code and that's the thing they do. It's like, dang, bro, what's even happening, right? It's a mess. And then they finish, you know, writing the number on the back of their receipt into your error message and so you can keep scanning and then the other person who had the error message they scan three more things they have an error again and they got to go do that anyway i feel like we don't need to be that scared about automation because it kind of sucks right now <laughs> and i know okay whatever the scale of 10 years 20 years 30 years it's not that long sure in terms of humanity and generations in terms of my lifetime that's hella long bro you know how many podcasts I can make before they can figure out how to make self-checkout stands that don't have errors every three items? Hella podcasts, bro. So you know what? Chill out. Hold your horses. Pursue your dreams. Uh, get out there. See the world. Expand your worldview. Oh my god, did I even finish talking about that? Look at me, man. Another stupid-sounding tangent. Another silly tangent from Not Funny Funny Guy. Because my brain and my thoughts go all over the place. Oh my god, what about that whole thing about do we have an inner voice? Ooh, I gotta talk about that. Ooh, I gotta talk about that, but not yet, because we're gonna go back to this. So, it's so beneficial traveling 
because you are in completely different cultures. Like for example, Australia, the way of life, the quality of life for the average person is so much easier, so much simpler, right? The way it's going in the States now, because the rich have gotten richer, the poor have gotten poorer. If you have hopes of owning a house, and to be fair, this is kind of going on in Sydney as well. If you have hopes of owning a house, our parents, you know what I mean? You could hope to like work hard, get a normal job, work hard in that job, save money, pay towards your mortgage. And at some point with those wages, you're going to own that house. Nowadays, in a lot of places in America, especially Silicon Valley, bro, what? It's so expensive. The rent is too damn high. It's if you're never going to own a house on a normal job here, bro. No, 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 no. You have to figure out a way to be exceptional, to do something outside of the kind of normal working world to be able to own a house. You know what I mean? Like you're not going to own a house as like a police officer, as like a firefighter, as like, you know, if you become like a, I don't even know, an accountant. You know what I mean? Like those kinds of jobs that are kind of seen as more like average kind of professionals are just like in, in terms of salary level, like I guess mid-tier you're not going to own a house. You know, you're lucky if you're able to um, be able to own an apartment one day, you know? It just takes so much more now. You know what I mean? Like if you're like a doctor or you're like you're a big engineer or like a coder, yeah, sure. You know what I mean? You're going to own a house one day, but not everybody can do those jobs. We can't have everybody in a community, in a society just doing these incredibly high-paying jobs because who's going to do all the other jobs like that need to be done? Like we need those services to happen. A healthy, thriving community needs those things. And the way it's going, these kinds of people, these kinds of quote unquote average people are not able to have the hope, not even have the hope of owning a house in the current climate. And that's insane. And that's insane that it's it's becoming the status quo and it's accepted and there's not massive state action to fight against these things and to do regulation against the rising cost of land and the rising cost of living and not at all adjusting in regard to the the average wages that are being paid to people. You know what I mean? Because of course, yeah, if you're like a quote unquote entry level job, sure, you know what I mean? It doesn't matter like we don't need to make the wages for that stuff. So like, oh yeah, like this person is gonna be buy a house in the Bay Area. You know what I mean? Just work hard enough, just do that. But something I saw Bernie talking about, Bernie Sanders was, you know, a lot of these jobs that are seen as entry level just because of the current, you know, state of affairs in our country, the opportunities that exist, the demands that exist, you know, in the market. A lot of people are working jobs of that nature quote unquote entry level to support families and to, you know, sometimes two, three jobs to be able to try to make things work and like get these things done. It just kind of feels like this ideal where those kinds of jobs are like, oh yeah, they're just kind of starter jobs. And then you either get promoted through them or, you know, you go to school and get a degree, you know, while you're doing it. So you are able to have the skills to move on to the next thing. But the reality is like, that's not what's happening. You know, there's people who, for whatever reason, you know, there's a variety of reasons that I, I can admit my socioeconomic status, I have no context for, I have no comprehension of. I can't even imagine 
what circumstances might force somebody to work in a job like that for 10, 20, 30, 40 years. But the reality is that it is happening. And these people do deserve a quality of life that is better than, you know, what is becoming more and more dominant. I'll say it that way, you know? So then I guess the question just becomes, how do we do it in a way where, because of course, Americans are so against, like, don't take taxes from me, don't take this from me. It's very about personal liberties. And there's more, like, you know, there's a, a large amount of people who want, you know, to be able to do whatever they want, you know, capitalism and freedom. And I don't want checks and balances and regulations and all these kinds of things. Just leave me and my own to take care of me and my own. And I definitely get that attitude. But it's just the reality of how that's playing out is there's a very select few people who are manipulating it so astronomically in their favor and leaving more and more average people with nothing and so completely unchecked, you know what I mean? It's just it's just this kind of indefatigable cash grab from, you know, and where's all the more the more money coming from? And so what is it even for? How you can't even spend all that money? You know, and that's the also thing is a super clear distinction to make is when we're talking about like richer people, I think there is a very distinct difference between someone making six figures, someone making 180K, 250K, 350K a year, 400 something K, to the people who are raking in like, you know, billions and trillions of dollars, you know, that uh, where it's just, there's a level where it's just so much excess, particularly in America, you know, this is a kind of exorbitantly, astronomically rich person that, you know, the, the way the country is set up allows to, to be created. And, um, and yeah, like they earn their money. And yeah, of course, you know, we're not saying take away money or people should be pressured to do all these things. I just think that collectively, as a, as a society, it's so important to, at the very least, you know, I think we can agree on this, just have communities where people like police officers, firefighters, teachers, you know, accountants. I don't know why. These are like all the jobs I just remember hearing in school growing up. That's probably why they, they were the first to come to my mind. But where these people have a chance to really be a part of the community permanently if they so choose, where they can, you know, have some land ownership and just have, you know, have a stake in the community as opposed to just contributing all these things to the community and never really being able to be accepted and, and have their space and have their, have the kind of, I don't even know, like the, I guess the power in it that they, that they're deserving of, you know, it's almost like, okay, thanks for your services. Now fuck off, you know, after so many years, cause you can't afford to be here anymore. So like, peace out, you know, how do we have a society where it's not all about just taking from these people so we can give to these people. But how do all of us who, you know, are, are able to, you know, make ends meet. I shouldn't even say that because, look, bro, I'm in so much debt. But how are the people, or not even that, you know what? Let me not even, let me not even separate into different kinds of people. How can we as a society, as a collective society of all classes, all creeds, ethnicities, beliefs, how can we all just come together and make sure that, you know, everybody has a place if they're willing to work hard and contribute to the society and play, you know, just to contribute in any way that's not completely self-serving, you know, because all these professions, I, th I think people who, 
I think people want to want to make a difference. They want to contribute, you know, and sure, you, you give people a chance. And I think it all just really does boil down to, I think, average people who are hardworking, I think, deserve a certain quality of life. You know, I think that certain things are maybe not necessities, but certain just c- comforts and, and safeties, you know, that I think so many people are entitled to like morally that they aren't able to actually see and achieve in the physical world right now you know just the way everything is set up and i don't have the answers you know what i mean like i don't know what is everything we need to do tax wise policy wise etc wise to make sure that like the backbones of communities across america you know the professions that make that up are able to you know have to live in their city like on their on their own terms you know what i mean and and i guess to just be able to live there at all because if financially living in certain cities and certain communities is restricted to people at a certain pay level in a very specific you know select few professions then like where's the country gonna go what's the what, are there gonna be cities that it's just like entirely just like doctors lawyers and engineers and there's like different cities or it's just entirely like, I don't know, mechanics and like tradespeople or or whatever it is. And then it's going to be like so much harder for everybody to intermingle and offer each other their services because of just how, you know, things are so like compartmentalized and sectioned off. I don't know. I guess we'll see. I guess we'll see what what happens with it, my friends. You know, I think it's something that's like hard for people in their 20s, or at least guys in their 20s. And at least guys that I have, you know, had experiences with. And I'm definitely, you know, I definitely feel some of this being back home in the Bay. But just, you know, just to be living with mom again. And it's like, there are certain things that pop up and there's like tension. Or maybe you feel like, oh, like, you know, uh, she's getting like just really, what's the word? It's like. Sometimes I feel like I'm not really even doing anything and it just kind of like sets something off. You know what I mean? I'm like, whoa. And it's like, what am I doing so wrong? You know, I'm like, is it all right? And, you know, but then I think it's super important to just remember that it's always just coming out of place of of love, you know, just to see you be your best and do better. and, And just you just continue to grow into the man that, you know, she knows you can be and. I think another thing, too, is we just, like, especially when you're of a certain age, like, I'm 26 now, you know, turning 27 soon, like, you want to think, like, I'm a capable man, like, I can take care of things, like, you know, maybe I'm not having the opportunity right now, or, or really being able to do this, but, like, I, but I know I could get this done, and this done, and this done, and, like, these are my strengths, and if I get them here, then I got this, and I, I know how to live, and I know how to, you know, take care of, keep things clean, and all these things, but then you kind of have, like, a timetable, or a kind of habitual way of moving throughout the day that you're so used to and part of you wants to like stick to that because you're like i made this i built this and it works you know like look i'm, I'm proven like this is whoa, this works this is what it's all about and then so it's almost like when there's a little bit of uh outside direction you know like oh maybe you should do this or do that or can you do this or can you do that and it feels like oh my god like it almost feels like they're insulting the way that you have come to do things you know and it's like oh what like am i still not good enough am i still not up to par and the answer is no yes yes 
You're still not good enough. You're still not up to par. You never are. You never are. <laughs> but I think that's how it should be, right? You're always wanting to improve. You're always wanting to get better uh, as a human being, as a empathetic person, as a, all, all kinds of different things. You know, I think in every aspect of our lives, we should seek to be a well-rounded human, a well-rounded individual, you know, that's capable, at the very least capable in a great variety of things. <laughs> and it's crazy too, like even stuff like, like washing the dishes, you know what I mean? Like helping out with laundry. Like I remember like when I lived here as a child, I, I would help out to a certain extent, but now looking back, not nearly as much as I should have and as I could have, you know? And it's like, like for example, like washing the dishes alone. It's like, bro, when I was in college, oh my God, how much the dishes would overflow all over the place. In one of my living situations, we would let dishes pile up throughout the week and then finally like wash them and nobody wanted to wash them. And it's like, oh, I'll wash my dishes and not your dishes. And it's like, it's just so gross to think about. Because now I'm like, yo, just wash the dishes immediately. If there's dishes piling up, help wash those dishes and just get it all clean and tidy because it's just going to make your whole life better. And it's just going to ward off lots of problems and nasty problems and dirt and filth and whatever. Insects coming to eat your food scraps. And also, too, like just like now I see how important it is to just help out with small chores as much as possible. Stuff that's so easy to do. But if you're like me, you know, you just weren't used to doing them because you're a selfish brat. Ooh. Like, um, cause like the way, like the way I think about it now is like, yo, like the, the adults, the parents who keep this house, they're working so hard already to like provide food and they're in their careers and it's like totally different from it is now, like just the working world and the dedication and the grit and it's been going and going and going just to be able to, you know, help, like, first of all, to provide a roof and then food and power and electricity and all these things. And there's so much stress there because they don't know what's going to happen and how will they be as providers if something happens over there. And then they got to come home and you're not even washing your dishes. You're not even, you know, doing your laundry or helping, like, clean the floor or helping organize or just doing things around the house. Like, there's just so much around the house that it's so simple and so easy to do. And it's like, it's like for someone like, you know, us, like us young kids to do it is like, whatever. It's like, oh, I just helped out. Like, it's not a big deal. But the amount of like mental stress that that can relieve for your caretakers is like immense, you know, like it's like it's such a small task for such a great emotional reward. This to be like, oh, my God, like I did all that crazy crap today, but at least I don't have to wash all these dishes, too. And, or at least I don't have to cook this too or whatever, you know? It's just, uh, I feel like part of what love is too, you know, I, I think I've talked about love just like wanting the best for somebody else, you know, no matter the cost to you and totally over yourself. But I also feel like love and like also like a familial community sense is like, how can I do this thing so you don't have to, you know? And because time is our most precious thing, you know, our most precious commodity and when you're gifting somebody more time, and especially like if you're the one causing the mess and causing the problem in the first place, and you're not even taking care of that. But when you're gifting somebody time and also a little more energy after they've already spent so much, like it's just such a beautiful thing. You know, it's such a beautiful thing to be able to help out with that, I think. 
So wash your dishes, fam. Wash your dishes and do your laundry and, you know, maybe mop the floor and, and sweep the floor. And maybe that, that stack of papers that's a mess in the corner, maybe organize it and then recycle the ones you don't need and, and just, you know, Marie Kondo it up in your place, you know, because you know what? A clear, it's, this is so true from my experience at the very least, but like the cleaner and more organized your space is, the cleaner and more organized your mind is, your day is, your mood is, like all of these things matter, you know, energy is so sensitive. And that's not just, I'm not just saying that because I'm from California, you know, where they're into all the hippy dippy stuff, you know, I'm not just saying that because that, I'm saying that because truly, it makes a difference. Every little aspect, every little input, trust me on this, every little, and you probably already do, I'm probably preaching to the choir right now, so good for you, preaching to the choir. Every single input that goes into your mind absolutely affects everything. Your thoughts, your behavior, the way you feel throughout the day, the way you live your life, the kind of life you go on to live, the things you're able to accomplish and achieve. It all, Monica texted me, <laughs> it all makes such a big difference. I mean, seriously, in every regard, you know what I mean? The way your space looks, the, you know, the people you spend time with, the things you allow yourself to think and latch on to, um, all, every little input. If you tend to the garden, it will be a bountiful, beauteous garden. But if you, you know, start, but if you just let whatever craziness fly into a disorder and mayhem, that will show. You know, that will manifest itself and spread through the veins of your whole existence. And, you know, it it might seem inconsequential to certain people, but, you know, your space is the seed, is the seed of so much that your life will amount to. Take that piece of wisdom. <laughs> yeah, that's all I want to, that's probably all I want to talk about now. You know, I think that's good for this little catch-up refresher in the yay, yee area. But um, definitely, 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 you know, I'll be making videos. I'll be putting stuff out while I'm here. And then me and Matt and Kevin been doing the mysteries of history. We're just putting out stuff about the Templars right now, but we're about to put some stuff out. What are we doing tomorrow? Oak Island, like it's like a treasure mystery. I just saw freaking Rob Riggle. And if you don't know Rob Riggle, you you know Rob Riggle. He's like always in comedy movies and comedy TV shows. But he has his own travel show where he's like going around the world exploring mysteries. And I was like, yo, that's sick. Oh, man. You know what? There's only so many mysteries, but we all want our shot at them. We all want our shot to explore and pique the imagination and see if we can think of thoughts that no one's ever thought of to think before. <laughs> but yeah, that's going on. And I got videos I filmed and I'm working on coming out just making fun of like certain things about Uber driving, certain things about um, just being, you know, from Fremont and the kinds of people that I grew up with in Fremont. And just stuff about like student loans and art school and like there's so much I want to do. It's just tough to find the time, but I'm working on it. I'm working on it and I'm hoping to continue to give value and make things that are funny and entertaining, but also educational and, you know, the pain of the lessons I've gone through. I will turn into the positive seeds of wisdom and advice 
for the five people who this will find. <laughs> who knows? I don't know how many people will find this. You never know. You never know. But uh, hey, thanks for being here. Our hella confusing 20s, not funny, funny guy on Instagram and Twitter and Monsters and NT funny, funny guy. YouTube, all that stuff. And you know what? Hopefully this this content trade is picking up steam. Chugga, 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 content. Woo!